If it's creepy and it's freaky, it's on hashtag creaky, a podcast about the paranormal and unexplained. And here are your hosts, Megan and Brooks. Welcome back to hashtag creaky podcast. I'm your host, Megan. And I'm Brooks. And also thank you, disembodied voice. Yes. For that, uh, that introduction. That's right. As always. We love disembodied voice. So uh, today we are tackling aliens. Well, not. Not literally tackling literally them. Literally tackling them. But, but the, we are tackling. The topic. The topic of aliens. Yes. Something Brooks and I have talked about a lot over the years. And we both believe in aliens, right? You believe there are aliens? I don't know. I don't know. Mm. I mean, I'm still, it's just like I am with uh, with a ghost. I'm still on the fence until I have a definitive experience myself where I'm like, oh yeah, you know, I'm, I saw an alien. Right. So, so I'm still at that point where I'm like, I can't say there are, are aliens, but I can't say they're not aliens. For any of our alien listeners, Nick's to abduct should be Brooks, since he basically said he needs that proof for himself so if we have any aliens listening brooks he's the next one to get <laughs> yeah if you could just you know stop by say hey mm-hmm. you know just peek in the window right. nothing too scary because you never know i mean aliens could be listening from far away maybe they have the technology they can pick up these different digital waves and such well i do believe that if there are aliens that they are observing us right Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, for some for some reason, but why? Well, yeah, yeah, we're not very that, interesting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I am, but uh, to to them though, we would be like, uh, ancient culture, I guess, because yeah, very primitive mm-hmm, culture, right? But I I've had some experiences, never been abducted, but I do remember when I was younger, and you were there too, but. You don't remember this. I don't recall. In the sky, it looked like an egg, and it was flipping from top to bottom, like rotating from top to bottom, just in the sky, just flipping back and forth, back and forth. And, you know, we were looking at it, and we couldn't figure out what it was. And I just specifically remember that, watching it just go across the sky very slowly, which was probably fast, but from the ground, it looked like it was rotating slowly and going slowly until that we couldn't see it anymore it had gone behind the trees and i'm not sure what that could have been I've and that's odd seen. too that that i don't remember that because I, i'm pretty sure our uh younger sister jesse has told me the exact same story yeah so and also our neighbors were out at the time we were playing with them and we saw it in the sky i, I want to say it was you know warm outside Um, We weren't in school and it was during the day. So I assume it was summer and yeah, I don't know what made me look in the sky, but I saw it and I pointed it out and everybody else looked up and saw it too. Um, So I'm glad that our sister Jessie does remember. So I don't, I feel like, you know, it wasn't just a dream or anything I had. Yeah. But yeah, I, I would say that's one experience I've had with not technically an alien, but definitely a UFO because Again, never seen anything like it since, never seen anything like it before. And I, it just sticks with me. It looked like an egg. Strange. Um, and living where we were, we lived in this small trailer. 
um, close to the end of a trailer park. And again, I don't know if this was a dream or not, but I remember seeing an alien-like head looking into the back door window, which was like a diamond-shaped little window. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I remember sitting at the table and looking up and it was like looking around and then it like saw me and stopped and just stared at me and I got up and ran. Again, don't know if this was a dream or if I really did see something, but it was like, I wouldn't say it was green. It was like a off white color skin, the big eyes, the triangular shaped head with the chin being, you know, like the bottom of the triangle. And then this little bitty mouth, big black eyes, looking in at me. Um, And I don't know if this was around the same time we saw that egg or not. I can't remember, but I do have this vivid memory of that happening. And like I said, I don't know if it was a dream or not, but I did see something, whether in my dream or not, that looked like an alien. Well, either way, that's creepy. It's very creepy. Or very Um, creaky very but we we had a lot of, i had a lot of paranormal experiences while we were in that trailer period mm. well i think that also that's supposed to kind of go almost hand in hand because i think with a lot of stuff with uh alien encounters or people who are experienced and think they're um being contacted by aliens it can be mistaken for paranormal Oh, I was going to say a dream. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, a dream, a dream also, because that's one of the uh, things I did some research about uh, people who are more susceptible to alien contact or abduction. And mm-hmm. one of them is being that you're uh, someone that is more susceptible to like hypnosis. Ah. So something that could be mistaken as a dream could actually be real right. and vice versa. Well, they say too that some people that have the alien encounters, they don't remember them until they're hypnotized because they've like suppressed that memory Um, or the aliens did something where they wouldn't remember. Yeah. Creepy. I have a listener reached out to us. He wanted to stay anonymous, so not going to tell you his name, (laughs) but he had an experience of being abducted by aliens when he was in his early 20s um he is now in his mid 40s i believe he said so this was you know 20 years ago mm-hmm. he's from north carolina and he was living in the mountains of north carolina at the time he was going to school um, in boone at appalachian state and uh him and his friends would take these bike rides they have bike trails around the area in the mountains and Um, so they would take these bike rides for exercise and just to get out and have fun. And he said this was, you know, right after school started back. So he just moved back to Boone and he wanted to take a bike ride and none of his friends wanted to go with him. So he decided to go by himself. He said when he started, it was still daylight, but it was getting dark as you know, he was coming back. So I guess the, the bike trail kind of went into like a little circle Mm -hmm. and he said it was dusk and he saw this bright light in the distance um and he wasn't sure what it was he thought maybe it was somebody who needed assistance had a flashlight maybe gotten lost in the woods so he got off his bike and kind of went off of the trail into the woods a little bit to see what this bright light was and as he got closer he saw this huge object just over the trees and he said it was like just like what you hear about like a saucer type object and it was just hovering it wasn't making any noise 
because he didn't hear it when he saw the light and as he got closer he still didn't hear anything so it was almost like it was bending gravity around it to stay where it was just over mm -hmm. the treetops and he you know kind of was just still like he didn't know what to do and it slowly came over him and then he blacked out like as soon as it got over him he blacked out he said when he woke up he was on this table-like thing that was really cold he didn't have his shirt on anymore but he did have his pants didn't have his shoes on and his feet was kind of dangling over the end of the table so the table wasn't big enough to accommodate him mm -hmm. um, and he said he's six foot tall so he's not like super tall you know so it was a smaller table um, and he could hear almost like people talking but he said he didn't understand what the language was um, it didn't sound like any language he had ever heard before but he heard whispering but he couldn't move and he wasn't strapped down he just couldn't move and he didn't know if it was because he was scared or if it was because they had did something to paralyze him he couldn't move all he could do was move his eyes like he couldn't even move his head to see where the voices were coming from and he said something came over him but it was almost like a shadow was over it and he couldn't see what it looked like but he could feel the presence beside him and he said they poked him with something in his side um and he could feel it like but it didn't really hurt him like he could feel them kind of prodding him mm -hmm. and then he said that he blacked out again and when he came to he was on the bike trail with his bike like 10 feet away from him and he said it was probably three hours later from it being dust now it was completely dark he wasn't sure exactly where he was on the bike trail but he knew he was on the bike trail he got up and found his bike and he said he was just almost felt like euphoric like he just felt really really good and happy and he could remember what happened he could remember waking up on this he could remember seeing the lights and everything but he couldn't remember the times that he blacked out and what happened like how he got on the ship or how he got off the ship or what they did to him and he said when he got home he still he had his shirt on but it was inside out so they put his shirt back on him inside out hmm. he got his bike and went down and he said once he figured out where he was it was actually probably like a quarter of a mile from where he saw the bright light in the other direction so he had to come back down and like actually pass by where he saw the light Ooh. yeah <laughs> but he said he felt so good he wasn't scared he just felt really good and that feeling lasted for months he said Really? He said, yeah, he said he did so good in his classes. He said that he knew stuff that they were teaching him that he knew he had never learned before, but somehow he knew things. And he said like he graduated top in his class, but before then he was like struggling and on probation. So whatever they did to him just gave him like superhuman 
like abilities and made him feel really good. And he said, it's still like in waves, 20 years later, waves will come over him where he just feels really good for no reason, not because of like drugs or exercise or anything like that. He just feels really good. And it's almost like he is in superhuman mode and can get a lot done and is like really, really focused. But when he got back to his dorm and, you know, he was kind of telling his friends, they were laughing at him, like, whatever, dude, you know, what did you, did you eat some shrooms while you were out there? Yeah. Yeah. He said when he took a shower that night, um, he could see in his side where there was, there was like these black marks, like almost like tiny little bruises in his side where they, I guess, were poking him. And he said it was like 15 on each side, these little bitty bruises. So he believes they injected him with something that Mm. is still working to this day. Mm. Um, And he says he believes, like he doesn't have proof, he hasn't seen this again, that they are actually studying him. And that's why. So he He, believes that he's probably still being observed and they're studying like the effects of whatever they gave him. Right. And that's why he still feels it in waves to this day. And he's married now, he has kids, and his wife believes him because she has seen when these waves hit him, how he reacts. And he said he's usually like a mellow person, nothing really gets to him, he doesn't really get angry a lot. And when these waves hit him, you know, again, he's not irritable, but he's not, he's less laid back. He's more like, hey, let's do stuff, let's get stuff done, let's go out and explore things like how he's not usually. He's more outgoing, more ready to tackle like household things that he had put off before. And I asked him, I said, how often do these waves hit you? And he said, you know, once or twice a year. And they'll last for like a couple months and then it'll be gone. Hmm. Yeah. (laughs) So reading the story gave me chills and I'm very happy that he was willing to share the story with us he wanted to stay anonymous you know like i said he's got a family now and he probably has a job and he just doesn't want other people to contact him asking about this types of types Mm -hmm. of things but yeah i mean i don't know why this guy would lie especially since he's not he doesn't want to get noticed for it. he doesn't want anybody to even know his name um And I'm just wondering if there are other stories like this where people actually feel almost superhuman after they've experienced an abduction. I I can't say I've I've heard of any stories where after an abduction, you know, something positive like that is is going on. Right. Which I I believe if, you know, aliens are testing maybe certain things, you hear about people having, you know, very negative effects after their, you know, abduction. Right. So it could mm-hmm. be something, you know, opposite that they're possibly testing. Yeah, that's true. I have heard of people's lives just going to shit after they've been abducted. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny, I think of the Saturday Night Live bit. Do you, have you ever seen that? Where the three people get abducted. The three people are, are talking about their experiences and two of them had like really good experiences. Yeah. And, and, and one, that one woman is like, uh, yeah, it's not what happened to me at all. Yeah. Something <laughs> a little different. Yeah. Actually, I have seen that one. Yeah. So, I mean, it kind of reminded me of that. And I was like, oh, this guy had the good experience. <laughs> Other people have the shitty ones. Yeah. 
Well, that's, I mean, that's, that's definitely the, you know, if I have an alien experience that makes me believe in aliens, that's the one I would want to have. Right. And it makes me curious. This happened in North Carolina, in the mountains. And I was thinking, you know, if an alien wanted to abduct, abduct somebody in the mountains would be perfect because they're hidden mm-hmm. by the mountains. Like they can go in between mountains and they don't have to worry about being seen like from the road, um, things like that. So I'm wondering if anybody else in that area of Boone, um, even, you know, anywhere really had mm. similar experiences because it would be really crazy to have some people, you know, that didn't know this guy that maybe had similar experiences around the same time, around the same area. Well, that's, I mean, interesting that you, you brought that up because, you know, while we're both doing our individual research before the shows and stuff, uh, me and my wife had recently watched a mini series. I wish I could remember the name of it. It was like something 411. It was a little mini series. I want to say it was on Hulu, but uh, they were talking about um, the disappearances of people in the woods. Oh, is it yeah. missing 411? Yep, that's it. That's that's okay. what it is. So okay. missing 411. And they talked about um, how a lot of these people who went missing and a uh, majority of them had like no trace of being found. Uh, a lot right. of them, no bodies found, no items, nothing like that. But it all talked about how um, it followed certain patterns. Uh, it, it began with um, one person separating for a group or one person going off by themselves. Yeah. And that was the main kind of where it started is once they got isolated, then that was where they believed the possibility of them being abducted. Um, one of them was an elderly man. I think there were him and his son and I think his grandsons were out hunting mm. and he, he stayed in place uh, while the others were going to drive um, some wildlife to him. But after they drove the wildlife to him, they couldn't find him. And this guy, you know, was experienced hunter. You know, he's out there with his son and his grandkids. And he just disappeared. They sent out searching parties and everything for him. They looked everywhere, couldn't find any trace of him, any body, nothing. Wow. And they they talked about several cases like that where these cases have, you know, those, those things in common mm-hmm. about. Um, they had one where they showed where um, there was a guy who was hiking down trail and they only found his his shoes. Oh wow! And they couldn't like for he life was sucked him, up. Yeah, well, I mean, they couldn't for life of them figure uh, you know why he would remove his shoes. And I think they also found a, a a single strap from his backpack. Oh wow! So it was it was just very odd. Some of the items they found, and in, in some cases where they actually did find find some uh, a woman who went missing, they found her body. She was found. Uh, days later naked laying in the fetal position in a river as a very like shallow like creek i guess oh. but it was no one could explain you know what it wasn't like animal attacks it wasn't you know anything of that nature and, you know why would if this woman you know went out there why was she why was she naked you know what, what would have yeah. done that but it was just very interesting. I, would, I definitely recommend watching that series just because it talks about, um, and they go about more in detail as well about all these things in common about these disappearances. Yeah, I'm interested to watch that. I've always thought about people that go missing and there's no trace of them. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, because there's there's always other possibilities, but a lot of the evidence about not finding 
anything, any traces, nothing, right. no, no blood, no tracks, no trail, nothing like that. Cause when they left that uh, elderly man, um, when on the hunt trip from the first one I was talking about, you know, he was, he wasn't going to go anywhere. He was an, an older guy. He was just going to sit there and wait for them to drive the animals toward him. Yeah. But then poof, he's just gone. There's like no explanation for it. Mm-hmm. Other than the possibility of an alien abduction. Exactly. I wonder if people are getting abducted by aliens and nobody ever hears from them again. What are these aliens doing with them? Like, are they testing them? Are they creating like slaves, basically? Um, Are they trying to mate? My best theory for from just all the abduction stuff and everything i've seen about aliens and everything like that is that aliens probably see us more as just animals you know if they're willing to just you know pluck people you know from their families they don't really see us as having families they probably see us as like a herd right uh, that that's that's one of my theories with uh with these alien abductions is that they don't really see us as you know an intelligent life form Right. You know, that, that is a good point. Um, it, it reminds me of the Twilight Zone episode when the aliens come down and all these people volunteer to go to the planet with the aliens. Um, and the aliens have this book. Oh, yes. I remember this. <laughs> and it ends up being a cookbook. Yeah, it was to, to serve humans. Yes, to serve yeah. humans. Um and they were rounding up all these people to eat them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd say that all the time. Um, my son brought me a crock pot meal book and he's like, what is this? And I said, it's a cookbook. It's a cookbook. <laughs> um, I mean, and that's, that's always a possibility. Like what if right. these abductions and these tests are, you know, like similar to what farmers do with their animals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, who knows, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's also the, the theory that the evolution of man is due to alien interference. Or that aliens That's even true. place us here on this planet. I have heard, well, you know, I thought this was really cool that they trace back the origin of the octopus and it happened to be foreign bacteria, like an actual alien bacteria that mm-hmm. evolved into the octopus and the octopus does look like a freaking alien. <laughs> now where, where did you hear this? Because I've, I've seen this exact same thing. Um, I, somebody shared the story and it was in the news. It was like a CNN story or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just reading where the scientists, you know, were studying the octopus and traced it back to a alien bacteria again i don't know how science works and i have no idea how they could trace that all the way back and come up with the fact that oh, this isn't from this planet but i'm wondering if they could do the same thing with humans i mean i'm sure they they have i mean because that's what the whole theory of evolution is, is that we are like what uh so close related with uh primates right but yeah. how does that explain why why there's humans and still primates like, why didn't we all evolve? Right, yeah. Hmm. And then, of course, you know, the whole, everything tracing back to, you know, uh, ancient Egypt and Greek mythology, you know, where they talk about the, the gods and their chariots of light. 
you know, speculated that they're actually aliens. Oh. And that was just the only way they could, you know, think, you know, actually comprehend that is that, oh, that's, that's a God in their chariot of light. Hmm. Well, you know, think it, talking about lights, I was looking up other things that happened in North Carolina. I like to stay local if uh, our listeners don't know. Um, but there is something called the Brown Mountain Lights. Have you ever heard of these? No, no, I have not. I've heard of the Phoenix Lights. So I'm assuming these will be similar. Yeah. So they're a series of, they call them ghost lights reported near Brown Mountain in North Carolina. The lights can be seen from the Blue Ridge Parkway at milepost 310 and 301 and from the Brown Mountain Overlook along North Carolina Highway 181 near Jonas Ridge, North Carolina. There's also been some pretty good sightings of the lights from the top of Table Rock and Wise Man's View, both located in the Linville Gorge Wilderness, which is also in North Carolina. Um, an early account of the lights dates back to September of 1913 and is reported in the Charlotte Daily Observer. So you can actually look for this news, this old news um, story. It says a fisherman claimed to have seen mysterious lights uh, just above the horizon every night, red in color with a pronounced circular shape. Soon after this account, a United States Geological Survey employee, D.B. Stewart, he studied the area in question and determined witnesses had mistaken train lights for something more mysterious. Um, but again, it, it may have been train lights or it may have been something else. I've never seen train lights that were red and circular shaped, like just... <laughs> kind of hovering you know yeah it's an odd train right um so since reports of the lights continued even after that uh survey employee said that they were not anything mysterious uh the u.s geological survey study began in 1922 which determined that witnesses had misidentified automobile lights or fires or station lights However, according to a marker on the Blue Ridge Parkway, a massive flood struck the area soon after the completion of the study and all electri electrical power was lost and trains were inoperative. Several automobile bridges were washed out, but the brown mountain lights continued to appear even after that. So no trains, no automobiles, no electricity, but the lights were still there. Mm -hmm. So that so, kind of did, like disproves like the whole their whole theory of uh, oh they're just mistaking those lights for for this or that, right? So it, it's also been quoted in popular culture. There's a bluegrass song called Brown Mountain Lights um, that was you know named after these mysterious lights, and the song is about them. People say that it's a fateful old comeback from the grave. Um, talking about it possibly as ghosts looking for somebody out there. Um, and in 1999 episode called Field Trip of the paranormal drama show The X-Files centered around a mysterious case of missing hikers that were found dead in the vicinity of the Brown Mountains of North Carolina. And the show mentions the Brown Mountain Lights. Hmm. Um, it has been featured in episodes of Weird or What, Ancient Aliens, and Mystery Hunters. Um, and it is 
the basis for the 2014 feature film Alien Abduction. So it's safe to say that people believe that these could be alien type things, alien type lights. I mean, they're unidentified and they are hovering. So I guess they could be considered a UFO, um, but it makes me curious. I want to go see these things. So um, they're still supposedly active. Yeah, they are still active. Um, and they're about 60 to 70 miles northeast of Asheville. Um, there have actually been early reports from the Cherokee and Catawba Indians. So they have these stories that are passed down. You know, you hear of that in the uh, Native American cultures that they pass down legends. Um, so these legends have been passed down even way before the early 1900s that the Indians were even seeing these lights. Mm. And, you know, the Cherokee population's pretty high in the mountains. Um, and so, you know, the Catawba as well. So they've seen these. Um, and even Civil War soldiers, there have been um, accounts of Civil War soldiers that saw these lights during the Civil War. Um, it's still going on to this day. It's been investigated three times by the United States government and countless other times by private groups and uh, students at Appalachian University, the same university that our anonymous um, storyteller was going to at the time he was abducted. That's what made me want to look into these after he told the story, I started looking into alien type activity in the mountains and found the brown mountain lights. Oh, I smell a, uh, a camping trip coming up. Ah, that that would be fun. Uh, mm -hmm. Camping in the mountains period would be fun, but to actually go to see if we can see these lights. And again, Brooks wants to, you know, have his experience. I do so. want my experience. If I just like show up in the middle of the night back at camp and like I disappear for a few hours, I'm like super energetic. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> we, should, we should build a cabin. And you know, something went down. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I say that I'm curious to see, but I think if it happened, I wouldn't be terrified. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'd be scared as well, but we would also be compelled to, you know, capture some type of evidence. Yes, definitely. That's why I think if we do this camping trip, we're kind of, you know, a ways away and we can see from a distance. <laughs> we're not like trying to camp right under where it happens. Yeah. I'll let, hmm? which we have some mile markers. We know exactly where people have seen these at. So we know around the area that we need to, you know, set up camp mm -hmm. uh, and figure out what these lights are. I mean, they've been going on for hundreds of years. I'm sure we won't crack the <laughs> mystery wide open, but hey, you will. never know. Yeah. I mean, maybe if anybody can solve it, it's Megan and Brooks. Yeah. Off hashtag creaky. Yeah. So like I said, they could be fans. Um, hold on. I actually went to a site and an ad started. Sorry. Um, there is the site called ncblueridge.com and it tells you where and when to see the Brown Mountain lights. There are multiple vantage points in the Linville Gorge where the lights have been spotted, but the most popular area is the Brown Mountain Overlook. So make a note. From Morganton, head north on Highway 181, and you'll find a lookout between mile marker 20 and 21. 
also check out Wiseman's View, which is approximately five miles south of Linville Falls. It's located on State Road 1238, which is a gravel road. It's important to note that the lights don't always appear, but eyewitnesses have seen them all throughout the year. Uh, get this, October and November are reported to be the best months to see it. Uh -huh. the, there also tends to be an increase in sightings after rains. Hmm. Well, that also explain what, is it, the, uh, what you said about the, the flood. Yeah, right. That's right. They did see them after that big flood that took out the areas where trains and automobiles could come in. And so that definitely was not what the people were seeing. But, you know, it's weird how October, November, that time of year is like really good for any type of activity. To, like wow. um, if our listeners want to go back and listen to our Mothman, Great White Monkey Bat episode, uh, we both had our experiences during that time of year mm -hmm. when we saw that. Um, so I feel like it, whenever we do go, we, we need to just take a couple of months and just go to all these different places around that time of year. Yeah, do a whole uh, series on all the different things that we were talking about right? and all the different locations. I'm actually going on a camping trip uh, the weekend before Halloween this October. Oh, do you know what area y'all are going to um, go? I have to, I have to I double, I have to double check because we were looking at a couple different areas and I think we settled on one, but I don't mm -hmm. remember because we were talking about all these different ones, but it is in North Carolina. Okay. So I'll find out and let you know on the next episode of Hashtag Creek, uh, what area I'll be in. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, Brooks and I are looking for people that may want to donate uh, to help us when we go on these uh, trips, because we're not going just for fun. We're actually going to investigate. And Brooks actually has some equipment um, to investigate paranormal activity. Um, but we're always willing to take donations so that we can invest in more. Uh, we definitely want to get a camera, a um, couple of tripods, so that not only can we tell you about our experience, but we can actually record it and upload it to our YouTube channel so that you can see uh, what we do and anything that we find. And you can uh, donate directly to our channel from anchor.fm uh, slash creaky. There is a way for you to, there's a thing called support, and you click that and then you can donate. You can do a monthly donation, you can do a one-time donation. Um, yeah, so anything helps. If you want to donate another way, then just reach out to us on Instagram, hashtag creaky, so instagram.com slash hashtag creaky. You actually have to spell it, hashtag they would not let me use the pound sign. Um, so you can message me there, and then I can tell you other ways that you can donate to our cause. Um, and we will even give a shout out to the people that do donate. Oh. So you'll be getting a credit whenever our uh, final video goes up of everything that we found. Because um, I, I think the main things I would want on going out on the investigations for the camping, for the uh, uh, checking out the, the lights, as well as Mothman and or Great White Monkey Bat, is just a good camera. Mm -hmm. And some type of good audio equipment, something that can pick up audio really well. That's uh, mainly like something with good video and good audio. If we can get both of those simultaneously and possibly capturing something, then that would be a really right. good, just a really good catch. Yeah. No, because I would hate to be out there and see something, hear something, and not capture it. That's true. That's true. Um, and, you know, if you, if you want to donate, then we'll be able to tell you exactly what your donations went towards and even give you like maybe a producer tag on the credits. 
um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't, I don't know how that goes, but Brooks, we can figure something out where you yeah. will definitely get some kind of credit for helping us out in our, yeah. uh, and the actual credits of like the, the, the videos we do and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, um, so let's take a break really quick to listen to a nice word from our sponsor. Oh yeah. Let's do that. And we're back. Thank you for that word from our sponsors. Yeah. Always love to hear from our sponsors. <laughs> um, so since I believe there are alien abductions, again, Brooks, you're on the fence. Mm. I believe they happen. Um, there was actually an episode of Unsolved Mysteries where a whole town had an experience the same day. And there were abductions within those experiences. A carload of people were abducted and then kind of blacked out and when they came to they were miles away in their car on the side of the road but you know hearing all of that why hadn't i heard about it before this was a long time ago the the kids that were abducted were now like in their 40s hmm. i believe the government comes in you know as as a uh, a strong possibility with anything really, but if there is possible alien contact or um, alien encounters, it is possible. You know, there's all these theories about how even the current technology we have, we had such a huge leap in technology, is that we actually received that uh, technology from aliens, right? But it might have been inadvertently. I think uh, one of the biggest theories is that um, the crash in, in uh, Roswell yeah. that was gave birth to a lot of the technologies we have now was the technologies we found in, at a possible alien crash site. Hmm. And that the government's just covering up and you know just using this technology to to further us. Right. Yeah. I've heard that because I've heard, um, what is his name? Bob Lazar. You know, what I'm talking about, hmm. uh, the one that basically gave out classified information of area 51. Um, he's been interviewed by several podcasts that I've listened to. He has his own show on Netflix, I believe. Mm -hmm. Um, or it was a, a documentary that he did. Um, he says that, that anti-gravity, the way that the UFO just seem, seems to bend gravity around it, that's why you don't hear anything, um, that they were studying that of how to bend gravity. Um, yeah, so I definitely believe that if they have any kind of evidence of aliens, they're trying to use it to our benefit. Um, but also I've heard of the government doing uh, like, I, I don't know, ha having new uh, technology being used or that they're testing these different types of things that they found and that they will actually put in people's heads that it was aliens trying to make them think that it was aliens when really it was the government. Hmm. That's interesting. I don't think I've ever really thought about that. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> what actually made me think of it was a Golden Girls episode. <laughs> wow. I mean, it's a pretty sound theory, but how, I'm just curious. How did you come <laughs> to that theory from Golden Girls? From Golden Girls, uh, Rose and Dorothy were outside and they see something go by and Rose is determined that it is a UFO and Dorothy doesn't believe that it's a UFO. And then one night Dorothy's out there and she sees the same thing. So Rose, of course, is telling everybody about it and the government comes and Dorothy's, you know, waiting for the government to basically say it wasn't a UFO. You're crazy. But they actually say it was a UFO and we are trying to figure it out. And then Dorothy figures out that the government is actually covering up for something that they did, that they are actually flying too low and they're, you know, studying people in their backyards i guess i don't know <laughs> i mean it's, a, it's a, a very interesting and like i said sound theory because um how better to discredit people uh in the activities of what the government's doing by making them believe that it was alien activity right yeah i just found something on the brown mountain lights that i definitely it kind of ties into what we're talking about really um yes so uh there was a, the U.S. Air Force established Project Blue Book, which is an organization to document and debunk UFO phenomenon. Project Blue Book had two goals, to determine if UFOs were a threat to national security and to scientifically analyze UFO-related data. During that time, Project Blue Book launched an extensive study of the Brown Mountain Lights. The Air Force classified the Brown Mountain Lights as unexplained. Although most Project Blue Book studies were released under the Freedom of Information Act, the documents of the Brown Mountain study remain classified. And in 1969, Project Blue Book was supposedly shut down. But October 2011, hundreds of eyewitnesses claimed to have seen the lights. Many captured images and video of the event. And I actually have a link I'm going to send you so that you can see these different images. Over 27 people vacationing in a popular nearby camping area went missing that night, including three police officers. Oh. The military is involved and is actively covering up the story. The local police have an open investigation, but have come up empty. And it's really hard for me to find anything on these 27 people that went missing. Hmm. The stories have the same thing in common. When the lights are seen, people go missing. Very, very kind of creepy. Oh, and then the ASU, which is Appalachian State University scientists, think they've captured images of the unexplained brown mountain lights. And I'll send you this link so you can see. Um, it, it's kind of eerie. But there seems to still, even though they say that the investigation is over, that it still seems to be open because when they released the information during the Freedom of Information Act or whatever, not everything was released. There was no, nothing set that said this, this investigation is over and closed. Nothing. Um, and I'm trying to go back to where I saw that. Yeah. It, it's really, really creepy. These lights—they look like like city lights almost. In like a rural mountain area. Yeah. Uh, the glowing lights were captured simultaneously by two time-lapse digital video cameras near the mountain, which is located just north of Morganton. Um, and there's a there's two videos. 
on in that link that I sent you. And I'll actually include this link in the show notes of uh, this podcast. So if you click the summary, if you're listening, then you'll see this link and you'll be able to see this footage um, as well. Yeah. Yeah, That that is crazy. This was in 2016. um, And in July. So again, it, while they say the best time is to see in October and November, it can, they can definitely be seen at other times. And, uh, you know, look up Project Blue Book. There's lots of information on that, too. And it's not just the United States or Air Force um, studying the Brown Mountain Lights. They're stu- studying all kinds of different phenomenons and UFO activity. Well, another reason this is probably big on a lot of people ask, you know, why would the government cover certain things up like this? Like, what is their their motive to covering up, you know, the existence of aliens? And I have a possibility, like a theory that maybe the government and aliens are working together. Ooh. Maybe there has been contact already. Um there's also been speculation that, that the movies of Men in Black were actually made to make it seem like entertainment. Mm. When really it could be good because Men in Black were, you know, the whole, they were around before those movies. You know, there was um, accounts of people seeing strange things, uh, UFOs, and then being visited by the so-called Men in Black. Right. But a lot of stuff I've seen about the men in black is that when these men in black show up and want any evidence you have or, you know, tell you to be quiet about the situation, that they almost seem alien like themselves. Wow. You know, I've heard of accounts like that. Like uh, it's usually two men, black suits. Um, they're very emotionless, mm-hmm. very stoic. They look similar to each other. Um, they don't really have like, they look very kind of palish. Um, I think they, they also say like they don't really have like something about their facial features or their facial hair, like eyebrows, stuff like that just doesn't fit right. Like they look right. very strange. And I've heard of accounts of them being like super tall. Yes. Yes. Very tall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like you said, maybe Men in Black was just to kind of throw us off the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, oh, they're not real. <laughs> yeah, it, it takes these these possible ideas and theories and turns it into, you know, make believe. Right. You know, it's entertainment. It's not real. But it could be covering up for the fact that the government is actually working with, you know, aliens. Ooh. <laughs> I mean, it's. Anything really is possible, though, because why? Like you said, why would they try to cover it up? If it's happening, then I think that would give them an excuse to have even more power and get even more money to try to protect us from these aliens. And they would be in the same boat as we are, you know, the first, like, you know, alien sightings or UFO sightings. You know, they'd be freaked out as anyone else who sees this stuff. And they would, you know, automatically jump on TV and say, hey, you know, there's something strange going on and we're going to find out what it is. Yeah. But they're very quick to cover it up, discredit it. Mm-hmm. Like the, the 27 missing people that I can't really find anything on. Why are they 
hiding that? Why are they, they would, you would think they would want to find, especially three of them being police officers where these people went. I want to say also one of the uh, episodes of that missing 411 show I was talking about, um, I want to say uh, it was either CIA or FBI that showed up in one of the cases of the missing people. Right. When they had nothing to do with it. Like it did not fall within their, their realm at all, but they still showed up to a, to, to take the, take over the investigation or, you know, show up and say they were aiding the investigation. Mm. So I just, I thought that was on too. I was like, it just, it really just comes down to kind of getting down to the root of it of what is their motivation behind covering up? I mean, there's, there's always still the possibility of mass hysteria. You know, they don't want people to go, you know, go rioting and, and looting and you know they'll start losing their cools and whatnot but uh i mean if there's there's stuff going there's obviously stuff going on it's obviously unexplained i don't know what it is right i mean definitely if we don't have any proof at all we do have these missing people that there's no trace of them mm-hmm. you know so something is happening and you know it reminds me of a mitch hedberg bit where he talks about how maybe in the ocean we're the aliens and we're abducting the fish and there's like if they could create missing posters there'd be tons of missing fish posters in the ocean i mean that's that's funny but that's also kind of an interesting way of looking at it yeah because you know some people catch the fish and then throw them back and maybe they're telling little fish friends and their fish friends are like whatever dude (laughs) sure But yeah, I mean, it is very much alike, like, kind of like this, you know, we are the aliens to fish. <laughs> it's crazy. I, yeah, that's an interesting way. I think I, I just now think of uh, aliens in their spaceships looking down at us with like fishing poles. <laughs> right. And the brown mountain lights. Okay. Mm-hmm. Apparently, there have been lots of cover ups with the brown mountain lights. Um, people that have seen them have had visits from these men in black telling them what they saw was not what they thought they saw. Um, and I'm wondering if these are specific people that may have had an experience with the brown mountain lights. This is very vague what I'm reading about how people that see the brown mountain lights sometimes get visits from these quote unquote men in black. Um, but I'm not sure what exactly their experience was because apparently tons of people have seen these lights. They have to have had some other experience to get a visit from the men in black, right? Not just the actual viewing of the lights. I'll have to look more into that and we might have to have an update episode. Because I think it has to be something pretty, pretty significant for the men in black to show up. Right. Yeah. And it's not just alien abductions. I've heard of the men in black showing up after somebody had an experience with something like the Mothman. Um, I believe we even mentioned that in our Mothman episode where somebody basically said, hey, you didn't see what you saw. Don't talk about it. And of course, these people still talk about it. Mm. (laughs) But, you know, it almost makes it seem like with the men in black being these weird looking creatures and as big as they are, um, and as weird looking as they are, it discredits the people even more when they talk about them. Like, oh, really? They they really did come visit you. You sound crazy, <laughs> you know. 
So you think that the uh, the visit from in and back themselves is just an additional way that if they do talk, they're going to also talk about this experience, which is going to discredit them further. Exactly. Like it just seems too off the wall to have. Yeah, like it's, it's just enough to push it over the edge of, you know, oh, come on. Right. Like, oh, you had an alien ex- experience and then you had like alien government officials come to visit you. Okay, sure. <laughs> sure you did. Like we would have believed you if it was just the alien experience, but now that you've had government yeah. aliens. <laughs> or just the men in black, but both of them in the same week. Come yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> and there were two of them. And there were two. No, just one, two, man. <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, that's, that's a very strong possibility is that by doing these visits themselves is adding more to help, you know, make it just that much unbelievable. Right. Wow. And I, I'm reading about these Appalachian state people, uh, people going missing in the Boone Mountains um, and nothing. They haven't seen them, no trace of them nothing around these brown mountain lights people go missing and it seems to happen around the same time that the lights have been seen it makes me wonder if there is something that maybe aliens have put here kind of like that movie where all these like hidden things come out the tom cruise movie war of the worlds is that right that is correct yes that is a great movie so like the aliens had came to earth before and kind of implanted you, you probably know more about the movie i've only seen it yes. once i actually watched it very recently because oh. it's one of those movies I, I like to go back so what they did was they don't know when but they know that the machines that they're in the they call them the tripods mm-hmm. they were uh, below the earth's surface and they were really deep down there but uh they showed that where the aliens came into these lightning storms and went down into the ground and into the ships. And so right. that the ships were placed here a really long time ago and they've been there. So they've been planning this for a very long time. This, that is kind of my theory with the Brown mountain lights or one of the many theories that I have. What if aliens, and again, they've been seen since native American times, what if aliens have put these lights there to guide them to this area? And that's why certain times that people see the lights, people go missing. Hmm. What if this is like their guidepost almost, or there's something there that maybe they have a base on earth, you know, and they're going to and from it. Yeah. I mean, that's also the theory with uh, when it comes to crop circles, that crop circles are used as uh, markers to help navigate for alien life forms to navigate. Yeah. I mean, Earth is pretty big, you know, I, I'm not that's sure. True. I've, I've heard that as well. <laughs> well, glad. Okay. So, I mean, I need, I've had a personal, actually, I have had a personal experience. I've been on a plane. So, yeah, I know firsthand. <laughs> how big planet earth is well the aliens have figured that out too and they need they need help navigating it i mean it makes sense yeah well because we have the satellites and things to help us with gps aliens i would assume do not (laughs) um and i'm not sure what kind of technology they have to map earth but it doesn't seem like they're coming very often so they would need something to help guide them and like you said the crop circles 
maybe oh. that's what these lights I are. I just imagine like a couple of aliens in a spaceship and it's like, boop, boop, turn left. <laughs> cluster of red lights in mountains. Uh, I think of the aliens on uh, Aqua Teen Hunger Force. My dad totally has the dealership. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, it's hard for us to do a serious show, okay? Because if you listeners did not know, Brooks and I have a comedy show called Sis Bro Show, a comedy duo. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're in all of the different major podcast platforms. So if you want to give us a listen, if you don't, you want to break from all the seriousness, uh, we have tons of shows up there and we try to do one once a week or every two weeks if we can get to it. But check that out. Sis Bro Show, a comedy duo. It's mostly just us talking about a bunch of nonsense, but it's pretty funny though. It is. It's it's very funny. Uh, and I've had people contact us through Creaky asking for the name of our other podcast. <laughs> um, yeah. We're, we're really funny if you guys didn't know. Yeah. It's hard to tell when we're so serious during the show. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag Creaky is serious, but we still like to throw our little, our little funny twist. It's, on. it's hard not to. Especially whenever I say the earth is big. <laughs> yeah. Just, did you know the earth is big? What? <laughs> well, now that everybody, our listeners may not have known. <laughs> Very true. So they, they should know now. We're, we're funny and informative. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I really, totally, definitely want to go and see these lights. Wow. I just, I don't want to go camping and then like wake up missing tomorrow, you know? Yeah, that's true. That would that would suck. Maybe we like bring some chains and we chain ourselves to something. No, I was legit. <laughs> the whole time we we're talking about going camping and how they should like show up and people go missing. I was like, I'm gonna tie myself to a tree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was legit thinking that. Like I'd already planned it out of my head. And I was like, I'm gonna get some like tether or something like that, and I'm they ain't gonna get me. No. <laughs> I'm just gonna wake up like like floating in the air, and they're gonna be trying to like pull me in. I'm like tied to this tree. I'm gonna run out and try to pull you in. Like, yeah. no, but you're, gonna, you're gonna you're gonna be tethered too, so you can't reach me. Oh no, <laughs> we're just gonna be floating. Yeah, we're just gonna be floating in the air, trying to reach for each other. Oh, oh no. Uh, but like seriously. <laughs> I mean, I'm it's on seriously. I'm gonna tie myself to a tree. Right. Yeah. I mean, I like tie myself like to it, to it, but I'm, I'm going to have some, some breathing room, like a leash, I guess. Right. We're going to yeah. leash ourselves so that we don't get, but oh my gosh, imagine if we had cameras rolling. <laughs> yeah. Like we're sitting, we're just hovering in the air in these lights and we're just taking like uh, selfie videos. Right. Like, oh my yeah. God, you guys. <laughs> hashtag creaky here. Hashtag, hashtag creaky. <laughs> Ooh, what if we find a UFO just like parked, you know, and the aliens aren't around, tag it, hashtag creaky. Hashtag creaky. Mm-hmm. There we go. We leave our mark. <laughs> Take photos on it like we're like in an uh, auto magazine. <laughs> I can see you laid across the UFO. Mm. <laughs> well, maybe we could take photos of us washing it. Well, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so serious. Yeah, yeah, serious. All right. yeah, we got to get back into our, our hashtag creep. <laughs> all right, we're back. So, Creepy Brooks, UFO car wash. Yes. What, what would have to happen for you to be a full on believer that aliens do visit? 
I mean, it probably wouldn't, I, w- I wouldn't say it wouldn't take too much. Like, I don't need to be abducted or anything like that. Um, right. I would either have to see an alien, maybe, you know, an alien creeping around in the woods, something like that. Um, mm-hmm. Or, I mean, a close encounter with like a UFO. If I saw a UFO myself and it just was, I couldn't explain it, then I'd be like, yeah, that's, that has to be an alien. That can't be anything other than an alien. So I've seen all the videos and stuff, but I haven't had a personal experience where I'm like, okay, yes, this is this is true. Right. You know, for me, that egg, uh, it wasn't like an experience where I'm like, okay, aliens exist. Because it could have been something, you know, that we had up there. Maybe it was some kind of, I don't know, satellite or something, you know? Wow. So I would like to have some kind of experience. I would like to see the brown mountain lights. I know it wouldn't be conclusive, like these are aliens, but it would show that there is something paranormal happening in mm-hmm. those mountains. Um, and to this day still happens. Um, and again, we're definitely going to have to figure out how not to be abducted if it does. See, I think that you are sort of a believer because you definitely don't want to be abducted and i think if you if you didn't believe a little bit then it wouldn't really cross your mind well i mean you always have to be on the cautious side right you know? right 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 because yeah. like i'm 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 on the fence about bigfoot it doesn't mean that i want to you know just like turn around in the woods and boom there he is right yeah that's true yeah. um and i have a friend her husband who had an experience with bigfoot and maybe we will bring that up on a future show mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, and I, I want to watch Alien Abduction. It's on Prime Video from what I've seen. It's based on the Brown Mountain Lights, but it's fiction. But it still makes me want to watch it to see, you know, what it's about. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at other pictures of these lights, and it looks like there's something, like, in the woods. Hmm. Well, I mean, with, with me, you know that I'm on the fence about ghosts. Mm-hmm. and stuff like that there's there's one of those things ghosts and aliens i can't say they don't exist i can't say they do exist but i am a believer now in the great white monkey bent because right. i've had my personal experience with something i can't explain and i, I just i saw it with my own eyes i had mm-hmm. my own experience with it and to hear I, that experience definitely go back and check out that previous podcast we me and megan both talk about our experiences with this this creature mm-hmm. that was dubbed the great white monkey bat Right. And our experiences are like uh, years, 12, 13 years apart. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I saw it first and Brooks went on years making fun of me until one day he saw it too. Mm-hmm. And to hear those are pretty good uh, encounters, both of them very creaky. Mm-hmm. Very creaky. I definitely would suggest taking and getting a listen uh, to that one. But um, but yeah, so I would need, I would need something to that effect with uh with ghosts or aliens i mean i would like to believe in them i still want to go out and investigate them but i also want to stay level-headed about it and go in you know with the open mind exactly that's what i was going to say you have an open mind you're not saying they definitely do not exist and there's no way that you're ever going to believe it unless Mm -hmm. this 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 happens yeah right yeah um, I'm, I'm trying. I want to stay open-minded. Um, I'm definitely more open-minded now that I've had the experience with the great eye monkey bat. It's mm. opened up more possibilities of okay, maybe there are things out there that do exist that I don't know of. Right. Do you know that they hold alien abduction conferences? No, I didn't. 
I know they did uh, Bigfoot once. I know there's uh, for I think for cryptozoology in general, they have they have uh, conferences where everyone gets together. Yeah. So this is called Night Siege and Unwanted Visit, which is a conference that's held every year. I assume it's probably not being held this year because of COVID, mm. but they actually come to North Carolina and uh, the guy that started it is from North Carolina. He is from Burlington. Um, yeah, they actually talk about an experience. Um, so Tom Reed says he and his family were abducted in 1969. They were driving over a bridge in Great Barrington, Massachusetts, when they saw a bright light. Reed says everything went silent, and the next thing he knew, they were what in what seemed to be an airplane hangar. He's quoted saying, and I remember being on a cart, and I slid off of it, and I saw an individual, maybe from here to that wall, which they say was about 20 feet, Reed said, and I started walking toward it. He started walking toward me, and he grabbed my left arm hard, walked me down a hallway to another section, and I heard my mother's voices and yelling. Reed's story has since been recognized as historically significant and true by the Great Barrington Histor Historical Society in the state of Massachusetts. There is even a monument near the bridge where he says the abduction happened. So even the state of Massachusetts is saying that it happened. Hmm. And they erected a monument by it? I've not, I've not heard anything about this. No, this is, I, I want to look up more on Tom Reed <laughs> to see, like, he says his mother's voice, but was he a child and his mother was with him or was he an adult and his mother wasn't there? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, oh, it was actually uh, on Unsolved Mysteries. This was one of, remember when I said the car was abducted? Mm -hmm. That was it. Tom Reed. He was one of them? He was one of them in the car. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so the state of Massachusetts, I mean, so many of them happened at that same day and time that they have to say that it happened or else all of their, like, how many ever citizens had it, they all went crazy that same day, same time. He was nine years old when it happened. He was riding in the back seat of a station wagon on the way home from his family's restaurant with his brother seated beside him. His mother was driving and his grandmother was in the passenger seat. Um, and I remember this because when they put him down, they were all in different seats. Let me read more about it. Mm. Yeah. Um, on a shortcut home over the Sheffield covered bridge in Berkshire County, a bright white sphere of light appeared followed by an orange sphere. Reed said his brother remembers the orange light moving like an ocean wave before the unidentified object appeared. Reed's mother, Nancy, is also featured in the documentary, recalling the disc-like object appearing similar to a turtle shell in shape, except it was at least 100 yards long. The air pressure changed and the wildlife grew silent before something flipped the switch, making the sounds return, Reed said. For a moment, it felt like the family was underwater. You could feel a difference. We were pretty much in the center of this pyramid of objects. The family went unconscious, and when they awoke, it became clear that things had changed. Not only had the past few hours only felt like 15 minutes, but his grandmother, who never drove, had swapped seats with his mom, and the ignition was off. Reed remembers local chatter about the incident the following day at his family's restaurant, um, but there are no police records that indicate any reported sightings. Um, almost like people may have reported it, but the police just didn't take it seriously. Mm. Yeah. Um, 
he said, Reed wonders how people can flat out disregard something that multiple people saw, people who were in many cases strangers with no immediate geographical connection beyond living in the same county. Um, he says, it's unfortunate that Unsolved Mysteries did not share some of the documents he holds dearly. There are state records that deem the event historically true and ones from the local radio station that reported the sightings. There are also documents that honor the work of Reed's father who stuck up for Nancy, although he never saw the object himself. So I guess people did laugh him off. Wow. Um, well, that's what I think, in my opinion, is makes some of these accounts a little more credible is that people really have nothing to gain from, mm -hmm. from saying these things other than ridicule. Right. Yeah. So they're going to risk everything because they wholeheartedly believe and, and feel and like say, you know, this, this indeed happened and I'm not lying. Yeah. I mean, after so, after so many people like just, you get to a point where you just don't want to talk about it anymore because nobody's going to believe you anyways. Mm -hmm. um, but they did. Have you seen the reboot of Unsolved Mysteries on Netflix? Uh, we started watching it. I haven't gotten too into it though, but it's on, it's on the reboot. Yeah, it is on the one in, on Netflix. I would definitely watch that episode because it was just so many people told their story of what happened to them that day. And it was like, it spanned a whole county. So it started like at the top of the county and then kind of went down. Because it sounded um, very similar also to what happened with the uh, the Phoenix Lights. But with the Phoenix Lights, I mean, I haven't done so much research on that, but I, cause I haven't heard of any abductions or disappearances during the Phoenix Lights. But it's very similar. It's where, you know, they all saw, it was like several hundred people all saw these lights mm -hmm. and there's all these different uh, individual videos showing the same thing, pictures of these, uh, it's like two different accounts, um, five lights in like a V formation right, showed up yeah. in the sky and then later that night, nine lights showed up in a V formation. Oh, that's, kind of gives me like goosebumps like I want to experience it but then again it's kind of creepy like I don't want to be one of the people that go missing and they're never heard from again yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's definitely it's the the fear of the unknown because it's you know we, we have an idea of what it might be right really, we, we don't know no and nobody really knows and maybe the people that do know just aren't saying anything because I mean what, what we talked about the the government's agenda and po or possible agenda and their motives but what are the the aliens motives yeah, that's a good question. You know, if aliens do exist, then what what are they doing? Sneaking around and just <laughs> taking abducting, people. taking people. Some come back, some don't. Are they studying us? Are they kidnapping us to create their own human race for food or for you know scientific purposes or I mean, they, as slaves? They, they could be testing on us to further themselves. Right. Or like you said before, did they come here a long time ago and mate with, you know, cavemen and now they're like checking up on their, the people that like evolved into us. Oh, yeah. yeah. Are they taking people back that they consider, you know, to be ancestors of their ancestors and maybe these aliens live forever and they were the ones that came All back right. in the day. And if any of these theories happens to like resonate with someone or if people listening right now have their own theories and say, you know, Hey, this is what I believe. We want to hear from you. We do. We definitely want to hear anything that you want to add, or if you want us to know something, something that may have happened to you, if you have your own story to tell, um, or like 
Brooke said, if you have a theory, let us know. We definitely want to hear. You can leave us a voice message by clicking the link in the show notes, or you can send us a message on Facebook at hashtag creaky podcast or on Instagram, hashtag creaky, and you spell out hashtag. Is Instagram the only one you have to spell hashtag out on? It is. The other ones are just creaky podcast or creaky. Um, if you go to anchor.fm slash it's just creaky. Um, but Instagram, there was already a creaky and it wouldn't let me use hashtag. So <laughs> I had to spell out hashtag creaky. Um, but we, we do, we have a lot of, we have a good amount of followers on Instagram. People are finding us. Um, yeah, we really appreciate anybody that likes our post or shares it or, you know, tells, tell people about it. If you know somebody that's into paranormal um, and maybe they have a story to tell, please share the podcast with them. Um, anything that will help us grow and make it so that we're able to do more podcasts. Because mm -hmm. eventually we would like to actually bring on people to the podcast and do interviews with them. We would, we would love that. Um, that way you're not just hearing these stories, you know, through me and Brooks, you're actually hearing it from the people that have experienced it. So, yeah. Um, I think our next episode, what did we decide on? The Moon-Eyed People. Oh, the Moon-Eyed Oh, wait, no, no. That no, one, no, no. That was, yeah. <laughs> you could get people excited. Um, so we're currently investigating and reading about the moon-eyed people we don't have enough information to create an episode yet but that may be a future episode mm -hmm. and it um, could tie in with the, with the aliens yes it could because this is a cherokee legend um just like the brown mountain lights um and it's in the mountains so it could definitely tie into aliens um but next uh, episode we do since we're getting close to october we're going to do haunted places of North Carolina. So we're going to take a look at some of the most haunted places in the state of North Carolina and possibly even move into South Carolina since that's where Brooks is. Um, hey, so we definitely, definitely want to hear from people. Uh, send us a message on Instagram, leave us a voice message, send us a message on Facebook. Um, we want to hear if you have experience with a place that was haunted and what your experience was and where was it? You don't have to tell us the address, but like the state or the area of the state. Because that's, that's what I'm interested in as well is uh, lesser known folklore. Mm, right. About um, haunted locations. And Brooks and I will go into our experience um, where I said I saw that egg shaped in that trailer that we lived in. We had some experiences in that trailer that we will talk about on our next episode. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I, definitely tune in so you can hear about these haunted places in North Carolina. And if you are local to North Carolina, maybe it'll give you somewhere to check out for Halloween. Mm 